Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event, For Her, By Her, presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses' employment and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. Today on the podcast, we have Claire. She's a Facebook ad and conversion optimization expert. She spends her days brainstorming ad strategies with her students, training a future generation of professional ad managers, and overseeing several thousand dollars in client ad spend. While she specializes in running ads, it's not really what we're talking about today. No, no. So we are digging into Claire's brain all about what does it mean to actually show up in your business and focus on things to increase profits. Claire and I had an amazing opportunity to meet in person almost two years ago, and there was a bit of a mental shift that happened. And we talk about what that shift was and what it means like to feel like so many different things in your business are the reason why you're not quote unquote successful um, or growing, what it means to self-sabotage and how to get past that. Um, And then just the kind of different decisions that Claire has made in order to show up more in her business as the expert, what, and what that has really done to impact her sales, her students' happiness, her own happiness. So if you've ever dealt with some thick imposter syndrome or feel like you're not actually growing, um, I think this episode is going to give you some really good insight into questions you can be asking yourself and stuff that you can be thinking about differently in your own business to just feel better about what you're doing. Hello, hello, Claire. Welcome back to the show. Why, thank you so much. It's, I'm super excited to be here. I'm excited to have you on. I love chatting with you. It's been a minute since we've gotten to kind of just like dig into each other's brains. And so I'm excited that we're going to do that today, as gross as that sounds. Uh, yeah. And I'm also going to call you out, Emily. Yeah, do it. In the story, I'm going to talk about your role in ooh, the story. Ooh. I've never shared that publicly. Uh, you haven't. I'm excited about or it. Or do you hate me already? No, I don't. I don't. I couldn't. I couldn't. I literally couldn't hate you. Um, I'm very excited that you're going to touch on that today. So we're honestly, guys, just hitting record on a conversation. And this is what you're going to get. We're chatting with Claire about strategies in her business that she's intentionally made in order to make more profit. You guys know that our focus has been on not only making more profit in our own business, but talking about it. I think for the longest time and guilty as charged, we have been big fans of like sexy goals and we want to have this like high revenue business and launches and it feels good to achieve some of those things. But if at the end of the day, you yourself aren't actually making any more money, um, it gets exhausting. And so we've tried to shift a little bit of not only our focus, but our energy. And so we're chatting with our friends who have either done similar things in their business or who have just made intentional choices around profit and not just sexy, like feel good numbers. And Claire, to me, is one of those people who's doing it really well and focuses on 
on profit probably for longer than we have, honestly. And so I'm very excited to have you well, on. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm not really sure if I've necessarily focused on profit for longer. I had to start focusing, and Emily was really kind of when we started to get to know each other better, was when I started to focus on just bringing in more revenue. Yeah. Because I was making these decisions that were just dumb. I'm not really sure why, but like I'm thinking back to right before we got to hang out in person in New York that fateful day. I had made Claire cry. Oh my God. It was it's literally the best thing that has ever happened in my business. So we'll get to that. But I like launched this course that nobody asked for for $25, thinking that it was going to be like a real moneymaker. And it's like, girl, just because it's $25 does not mean that your conversion rate is going to be like 20%. (laughs) I mean, and also nobody had asked me for it. So I thought it was a great idea. The course was how to hire an ad consultant, which I felt for the second time that year was a really important product to offer that no one asked for. I could have totally told you not to do this. Oh my gosh, really? You didn't ask me. (laughs) But why? Like why? Because of the price or because of the topic? I like want to know now. How do you know the topic? I would never buy. I would never buy a course about hire how to hire someone. I would read. I would, I would talk read to someone post. else. I would read a blog mm. post about it. I'd maybe listen to a podcast episode about it, but I definitely wouldn't buy a course on it. Okay, so very interesting information that I needed to find out well ahead of time, and I did like a full on launch with videos that I made, and it was just I made like two thousand dollars. Well, that's honestly not terrible. Talk- Honestly. No, no, but that $2,000 was not keeping the lights on for my business. No, 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 for sure not. For sure not. But like, if you just think about how many you sold yeah. to make $2,000. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty good. Um, I was able to scare people enough <laughs> about like what can happen when you hire someone and you're really not ready to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a lot of money gone. So I kind of thought, I'm even sitting here, Abigail, thinking, you wouldn't have even have bought it for $25 to save yourself a lot of headache. It's, about not, it. the pri- it's not the price. The price is irrelevant. Um, it's just the topic. So mm-hmm. I think if we if we want to kind of break apart like the difference between our $29 course, we have an entire episode out there for you guys of how our $29 course is intentionally priced at $29 and the overall strategy it plays within our company as a whole. I just don't think all of that strategy was built around this idea. Um, And I don't think that the type of people who need that answer are then like searching for a low priced offer like that to then make other decisions, which is what you wanted them to do within your business. So totally. And now it's free. Right. And people still don't sign up for it. (laughs) Right, right. Well, it's very similar to me to some courses and programs that are good, good friends who are so smart, but about like similar dry topics like bookkeeping, CPA, taxes, accounting. We know a lot of people who spent so much time, energy, and money into creating courses around those topics. And people are like, I don't give a shit. I don't want to know mm-hmm. those things. So I'm definitely not going to spend money to find out answers to problems I don't even want to have. Right. It, that's interesting. The problem that you don't want to have, you have, but you'd just yeah, rather ignore I think, it. And I think sometimes we'd yeah. rather ignore it or yes. we'd rather hire someone to fix it. And in this case, 
I think it's interesting because it's about hiring someone, <laughs> but, but still we'd rather just like get it over with than like go about it the right way perhaps. Yeah. But I don't necessarily want to dig too deep into why or why that didn't work. I would rather see where, where are the things you've been doing that you feel like has moved your business forward in a bigger way? Cause I think what you were getting at is that you made some decisions that were basically intentionally holding your business back from growing. Oh, yeah. You were so like many. preventing yourself from making money. So tell me about some of what those things were. And not just with no, that no, it was, Like that was one piece of the puzzle. So like, what were you doing to make yourself smaller than you are? Oh, well, like creating a course, launching it, and then never launching it again. Many times, mm -hmm. even what is now my signature course, I launched it. I think I launched it twice. And then when the second launch didn't do as well as the first, I was like, oh, no, bye. Got to go do something else. Keeping the price point of that course way too low for way too long, because I would say that one of the biggest things that have impacted my revenue and profit has just been raising my rates. And not just as an ad consultant, right? Maybe we should have said that. I run ads for people. I teach people how to run ads, those kinds of things. I teach you how to hire an ad consultant if you really want to know. <laughs> if you but really want to You don't. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I was raising my rates as the service provider for sure. Right. But not the course. I was not even letting people know that they could buy a course from me because I wasn't launching it. And I didn't have it on Evergreen until November 2018. I launched it in November, no, in September 2014. And I finally got it on Evergreen. And it's an amazing program. Like truly. Thank you. Truly amazing. I remember the conversations even oh. around that of what felt like to me, and I've seen this shift already start, like the building blocks of sabotage start to fall off of you in the past year, year and a half that I've known you. Two years? I don't know how long it's been. But since that discussion, I felt like you were feeling this weird pressure. I don't know if pressure is the right word, but about so many things in your business, about that course, about your brand, about you yourself, about your audience. That was like, this is the reason that I'm not making more money. This is the reason. And it was five tens of so many reasons. It was. And I was looking for one. Yeah. Walk me through a little bit of that headspace because you are not alone. Like, first of all, you weren't then and you aren't now. There are so many members of our audience who go through these exact same emotional word vomits on our coaching calls or within our groups of, of they are convinced that it's like this thing and also all of these other things that are like cumulatively the reason why they're not successful. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah. Let me see if I can unpack that a little because that was that was a couple years ago and, and now so much has changed. But I think, honestly, um, I would see people like you, yeah. who both of you, who would have, you know, a course like Strategy Academy and you'd have these huge launches and, and, and certainly not just you, but you two both talked about those publicly. Sure. And yeah, and my competitors as well and thinking, okay, what what's wrong with me? Like I couldn't, I remember in that, that mastermind trying to pinpoint one or two of those, Emily, but it was just like, what is wrong with me? As if it was something about me, something about Claire. And I had, I mean, for years, I struggled mm -hmm. with crippling self-confidence, 
because I don't know why. I, I mean, therapy has not helped me uncover why, but it didn't help, you know, any refund request or anyone. I mean, when we talked, Emily, and you essentially said to me, like, I don't feel like you have a brand. Mm. I fell apart. And so the story goes that we were in this mastermind and I had volunteered for hot seat after about three, four glasses of wine. And I couldn't get through it because um, Emily finally said that, which really needed to be said, which she didn't really feel like I had much of a brand. And I ran away. I ran upstairs. and like ran away. Literally. I <laughs> sat in a walk-in closet and I cried because she was right. Right? Now, do I think that was the thing? No, but it was a big thing. My pricing was certainly part of it. Um, the fact that I wasn't asking for the sale almost ever was a big part of it. And then it would put all this pressure on myself during the launches. And sometimes they would go, okay, but a lot of they wouldn't. And so I would just feel like a fucking failure yeah. every time. Yeah. So, I mean, that's... What'd you do about it? Well, I immediately uh, got the number of, got the contact info of Sarah Ashman from Public Persona, and I planned to start working with her on branding as soon as she came back from maternity leave. That happened in like early March or late February, and we started working together in June. So we did this just like kind of branding exercise. We met once a week for four weeks. My site then took a full mm -hmm. year and change after that to, to all come together. Yeah. But I immediately like identified who I am, who I'm talking to, what makes me different. And guess what? I paid her to go find out what makes me different yeah. from my competitors. I didn't yeah. go and look and try to identify. You don't need to have that no, a brilliant, brilliant branding expert went and found that. And then yeah. we can kind of came up with a concept. Yeah. For well, uh, and that's what I want to point out here. It wasn't, I wasn't sitting over there in the corner and being like, you don't have a brand and that's why you're not successful. Like, first of all, that's not how it was delivered. It was this all encompassing, like I did not see Claire anywhere in her business, her personality, her standing out. I knew her brain was smart and I knew people were like seeing results from her programs. But like I, as a friend or as someone in the industry, mm -hmm. couldn't didn't know how to recommend her because I didn't know. I didn't know what, what the benefits were by working with specifically Claire. And so I want to clear up, like, mm -hmm. that's what I specifically meant in regards to like brand and like, where is Claire literally in yeah. all of this? It wasn't um, like the design or the right, logo. Right, right. It was where right. is Claire? Yeah. Where are you? And, and who and are you? And who are you? And I knew. Well, and who, and who are you in the perspective of how does that impact yes, other people? Yes. Because if we, if we just look at it, like who is Claire, you could really quickly turn your about page into a resume and then that's not really helpful. Right. <laughs> so how is who you are impacting other people and what kind of results are you getting for other people? And I, I think it's just so interesting, this trap we put ourselves in that if we start self-perpetuating that we are not enough and we keep looking around and seeing what other people are doing. And we keep saying to that to ourselves, I feel like our business can very quickly go downhill. Yeah. It's not going to completely self-destruct. You'd have to do a lot to kill your business. But if we're not careful, we have the ability to make ourselves, we demonize ourselves and we make ourselves smaller. And if we have the ability to let that go, like bigger things can happen. So tell me what happened once you feel like you identify, even it doesn't matter that you hired someone. Like sometimes you have to hire someone to get out of your own way and that's cool. But like, 
once you identified how you were unique and how you served your audience, what started happening for you in your business? Well, I just started showing the fuck up. Mm-hmm. What did I do exactly? I think, honestly, um, in early 2018, before I started working with the branding person, but after Emily uh, Emily and I saw each other in person, somebody in my mastermind said, like, what if you just started pretending you were the best? What if you just acted like the best? Like, what would that look like? And I was like, oh, no, I can't possibly. I'm probably yes, not. I remember this conversation. Until Yes. Yeah. What if you just acted like it? And that's when I started like basically giving myself a lot more credit for my brain. And and also then this started coming out in the branding work that like, yeah, my brain sort of works in a different way. Yeah. In like a slight savant way when it comes to Facebook ads. And God, it feels really awkward to say this and talk about like how I'm the fucking shit. But it's true. And so when I started just kind of acting like it, I started to see that it was true, or at least that I was one of the best. And then I started having sales calls with this mentality. I actually said to a prospect, I am one of the best ad consultants in the world. And she was like, yes, take my money. Yeah. And then I started enrolling students from that, from that perspective in a group program. And those students ended up being like the best. It was just sort of this snowball of... Great energy, great results, results for my clients, for my students. I started sharing those results, something that I never did before. I started taking screenshots and like sharing them. And that's still a little awkward for me, but I'll do it because I see that people need to see that. And if I just keep everything to myself, no one Mm -hmm. has any idea that I can help them tremendously, you know, with their business. Right. It makes your job literally harder and you do have to then go down the like, oh, I have to convince these people and I have to pull up these, like all of my own receipts to prove that I can do X, Y, Z. When in reality, like as soon as you start doing it for a couple of people, like their work does the work for you. Mm -hmm. And so recycling that, not just in testimonies or case studies, but how you're talking about other results that you're getting. Like, I think the power of that, we forget of what it has for future students. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. We even do like, cause it takes energy to save the screenshots and where are we posting those? And are we running an ad that has this testimony and this quote? Like we just did this with our ads team the other day. We have like a, a testimony so good. That was like two months old at this point. And I'm like, wait, why aren't we running this as an ad? And so we did it, but it's, it's energy, but I like, it does so much work for us that it's worth the effort. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I'll tell you that collecting testimonials since the beginning of my business was probably like my kryptonite. Clients who I taught ads to, who I coached, whose ads I ran, I was just not asking for testimonials because I was afraid of what they would say or I was afraid of bothering them. The funny thing is after, I guess it was around the time that you and I hung out, Emily. So beginning of 2018, I went into type form. I just had an automated email asking people for their feedback on the course after a big launch in, in 2017. Holy shit, the number of people who like said amazing things about it. But I was just too much of a pussy to go in and look. No, like literally, like I still don't even go in. I'm like somebody on my team. Yes. I mean, it's just dumb because why? Because the negative stuff triggers yeah. the shit out of me. Well, and I feel like 
know that about yourself and then have someone else do that work for you. We're the exact same. Like our feedback forms on Typeform, I do not read. We need to delegate that to someone else because they're getting ignored. Our inbox stuff, like we have not been in and physically, like mentally cannot be in there or Mm -hmm. we would ruin our entire business. Mm -hmm. We would make decisions out of fear. We would make decisions out of insecurities, like 100%. And so I think like, some of us beat ourselves up about that. But if there's any sort, even if you can't hire someone yet, any sort of like automation trigger you can set up within your systems to like put it in a separate folder. So maybe there's only one day a week that you're like looking at customer feedback. And it's like at the end of a Friday or something. So you can like ignore it all weekend long. Protect your mental headspace because I think the creative mm-hmm. industry like ours, if people like us are prone to to self-sabotaging in that way. I think the important thing to note here is while it's still very true that I am personally affected by negative words and I take things personally, what I feel like I am slowly growing into and it it takes a lot of work to get there, but you have to separate your self-worth from your business because I was putting too much emphasis on when my business does poorly, that means I suck. Right. Or when this launch doesn't go well, then that's on me. Or if they didn't like the course, that means I'm stupid. Or like, literally, those were the words like swirling around in my head. And I know I'm not alone here. But when you can start, it's not I don't, it's not really a maturity thing. It's like a willingness to let go. It's a willingness yeah. to it's a growth. Thing. Yeah, you have it's a self awareness thing, you have to have the ability and it takes time. And it doesn't mean you're going to be good at it every day. But if you can separate who you are and your worth in this world from how your business performs and what people think about it, it can be monumental. It's hard though. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get Get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. 
Visit squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash boss project. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed. Oh yeah. How do you do it? I mean, I need Jessica Ely over here right now. Like every, every day, mostly. Well, in terms of how you do it, I think part of it is you have to define where your worth comes from. And I think for me, my journey in that has been like a self-discovery in my faith, but like, that's not going to be the thing that works for everybody. Like I find my worth in Jesus Christ, but like other people, like they're going to have to find their worth in their family or their, their worth in like how they're showing up in the world or how they're giving back. It doesn't matter where you find it so much as you associate it with something that's just always there. Like, cause your worth doesn't go away. For me as a, as a type three and as someone who likes to set goals and accomplish things and try new things and start out new ideas and all of this type of stuff, I know a lot of our audience resonates with this. I don't, I, it's too dangerous for me to find worth outside of myself. What I have started to identify with instead is that, and it's something I kind of learned from teaching my daughter about something, but we, so she has a chore after dinner every night or she wipes off our table. She goes and gets the little like wipey from the container, wipes down the table. She has a shit job of it. She's two and a half. No one cares, but she's so proud of it. She's doing it. So when she says that she's done, one of us will ask her, are you proud of your work? And she'll look to, she like kneels down and she like looks at the table and gets eye level and she'll say yes or no. She always says yes. And we're like, okay, great. If you're proud of it, you can be done. And so I've started to try to shift that into my own self where 
this might not be the best work I've done today. It might not be the best work I do ever because I'm constantly growing and, and changing and doing different things. But am I proud of it right now? Am I proud of the work that I put in today? Am I proud of what came out? Like, am I proud of what I'm doing right now? And if the answer is yes, then that's all I can do. Like if I'm making myself proud with the work that I'm putting out there, the way that I'm spending my time, where my energy is going, like that's all I have control over. And it changes every day that that measure changes every day mm-hmm. based on my mood and what's needed and whatever. But it's really dangerous for me to try to find worth outside of myself, even within my family. Well, but I think the thing but that's just when I said, like with your family, like you, it's not because it's outside of you. It's that like, that you're filled up by the people around you or like filled up by different roles that you show up in that never change. You will always be a mom and like you can find worth in that. Yeah, but I still don't. (laughs) It's dangerous for me to do that. I'm over here just like, I like money so much that I don't really know how to. (laughs) I mean, it's really, this is a huge struggle of mine. It's one of the things I, you know, realized working with us. But that your worth is not your wealth. No, yes, I know that. You can tell me that, you know, until the end of time. <laughs> but I'm much happier the end of the week when I've had like a shit ton of sales. I'm just like, eh, totally. but I will also tell you that I've noticed my, I do like feel much prouder of myself when I'm actually more productive. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the unproductive days that I feel shitty about myself. Okay. And this morning I really wanted to go back to sleep instead of doing the things I had to do mm-hmm. before this oh, interview. Yeah. And I did them guys. And I'm like, Whoa, I'm the best. I don't even need that yeah. nap anymore. Maybe I'll yeah. go to sleep after this. Maybe later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think that's a huge thing for me too. And in, in the realms of productivity, but I, it's also a lot of creative business owners are business owners in general, that list like is never ending and we're constantly adding to that. And so the the, I have a hard time. It is a balance for me, at least is what I'm trying to say is like, are you proud of the work that you did today? Knowing that some days are for sleeping in and Netflixing and they serve a purpose some days and knowing the boundary between self-care and self-destruction is a huge thing for me, but it's different for everyone. So I want to keep moving along the year, year and a half time frame that we've been on now. So you're working with an amazing brand person. You're starting to show up as the best on your calls and for your students. Uh, what other shifts are happening? Well, I finally brought back my podcast. Yes, you did. When I was in that walk-in closet crying, Kira Hug, who was there, who's a good friend of mine, she came in and she was like, she said two things. She said, you know, you can hire people to help you with branding. And so I hired the same person who had done her phenomenal site. And she also said, you need to bring back the podcast because that was the most you you have ever been. And I have the show called the Get Paid Podcast that I launched in June, 2015. Right. But I only lasted about a year. I had a baby. I batched episodes that got me through like three months of maternity leave. And then it just never came back. I didn't bring it back because it didn't make me any money. And that was because I didn't talk about myself at all on the show. I didn't talk about my work. Mm -hmm. I didn't talk about my expertise. I got people on and I asked Mm -hmm. them, how do you make money? How much do you make? What are your profit margins? And people loved that show, but it was very time consuming, as both of you know, podcasts are. And it wasn't moving the needle for me revenue wise. So I didn't bring it back. But 
Kira was like, yeah, come on, you need to bring that back. It's, it's something people love. It took me a full year to actually bring it back, but I did. I relaunched it in January, 2019. And this time, by this point, I had put evergreen funnels in place for my business, for my um, Facebook and Instagram ads course. And so I just, quote unquote, sponsored the show with my own lead magnets. And that worked really well. It, yeah. it was as if people who had listened yeah. to the show three years prior, because the show was on hiatus for three years, mm-hmm. they were like, wait, what? This lady does Facebook ads? Oh, I didn't know that. I like her a lot. Let me learn from her. Here's your money. Here's my money. Yeah. Like it was, it was wild. And so that's definitely a way that now the podcast is leading to sales. P.S. Anything you do, you should figure out how to monetize it. I'm just saying. Well, Well, I had sponsors. I wasn't paying for the editing or anything like that. But like, it was just dumb, even if I had sponsors, to not talk about myself, to have, that yeah. was my content. That was my weekly yep. content. Yep. And to not showcase my not work have at a all call to action. <laughs> was dumb. Yeah. So how, how has your profit grown since you, or even your revenue or both, since you went through these shifts? Because it, it sounds like this was kind of a series of what, a year and a half, almost two years worth of growth personally and in your yeah. business. So the year that with that two failed launches, I did 170,000 in revenue and I actually had a hundred thousand dollars. I paid myself a hundred thousand. You know, I recently learned, I'm embarrassed to say that what you pay yourself is not your profit. No. Well, I thought it was. <laughs> so I was calling it profit, but it was not. I paid myself a hundred thousand that year. The next your profit is what's left over. Yeah, after but you I wasn't myself. worried about what was left over. I was worried about paying the bills sure. and totally. paying myself good money. Yeah. So then in 2018, I didn't, I only grew the revenue by, I don't know, do the math. I got up to like 230, so 50, 60,000. And I only grew what I paid myself by uh, maybe another 10 or 20, but I actually had about $30,000 of profit. Mm -hmm. So like it was significantly more profitable because my take-home pay went up and I still had a lot left over. Mm -hmm. And then this year, this year I'm growing my team. So it's definitely not going to be as profitable, but I'm really focused. And I know you two talk, you know, you focus a lot about profitability now. I focus on my take-home pay, Mm -hmm. on my ability to like save for retirement because I didn't start doing that until a few years ago. Yeah. I didn't have real jobs ever. So yeah. Let's just be clear. When we grow our profit, we will make good money the whole time. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. you two already do. I know that. I had you on my show. We talked all about the numbers. Um, yeah, I want to remind everyone <laughs> that as we grow our profit and even as we have struggle with profit, it is after we already pay mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. So like, but this is what I'm still not 100% clear on. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, I know that profit can allow you to essentially to either pay yourself more or invest in more team members. But I'm just like trying to pay myself more. I'm not so worried about having the leftover. So I think it depends on how you're reinvesting in your business, one. And two, I think it also depends on how your business is set up legally. So for instance, our profit is after our payroll, but technically it's before distributions because distributions are of Mm -hmm. profit. Ah, right. And Yeah. So our salary stays the same, but as we increase our profit in our business, we can take higher distributions and thus make more money. But it also allows us to 
have a cash cushion in your business, which I think you should always have a healthy cash cushion, ideally three to six months of expenses. But I mean, it depends on how big your team is, how flexible and crazy your ups and downs are. Like, because right. if you have a down launch, like you want to still be able to right. pay yourself. Right. Like that's the goal of having right. profit in your business. And for us, like mentally having some savings and cushion gives us what we have learned over the years is just a huge weight off of our shoulders mm-hmm. to not feel like, oh, this next month has to be another big month or we have to now plan this big yes. launch. Or we have to do this. Yes. We have found just through how we run business that to have a cushion there helps us take a breath. And like we have found we make smarter decisions when we're not stressed out about money and wanting more profits or wanting, you know, we don't have anything in the savings or whatever it is. And so for us personally, okay, yeah, no, I totally needed, get that. And I have, I have like pretty huge savings cushion. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's just, I guess I was always thinking of profit as after yeah. distributions because I just got on payroll. So like, but I still think of the salary mm. plus the distribution as my salary. That's right. what I need at home. But I know it's not no, officially. No, for sure. That's what, yeah. So if, if we're getting all technical here for a second, you're, if you're set up as an S corp and you do a profit and loss statement, your payroll shows up on your profit and loss statement, but your distributions do not. Those show up on your balance sheet. And I, we don't need to get all CPA up in here, but yeah, like, like none of that makes sense to me. I pay people. Right <laughs> but what it comes down to is, you have that ability. So I don't think you're far off. I think maybe this, the new structure you're under is just new to you. Yeah. I think it's just what I've been calling profit because of like what bench shows me. That's my bookkeeping. But then again, my payroll isn't. Yeah. Like I'm not really sure. I just know that uh, I have a cushion and I pay myself really well. So like that's, those are sort of my barometers of growing profit or success. Yeah. I love that. We, and I, I feel like for us, as we shifted at least our own personal goals and the goals that we share with people is a little bit of that transparency, kind of like what we were talking about at the beginning when you said, you know, I would look at you guys or businesses like yours that were doing sexy launches and doing like seeing these crazy results that was happening for like a year. And then like we grew like literally our team and our business or whatever. And some of those things slowed down, but our growth, we wanted to keep increasing. And it just like, kind of all came crashing together. And so I think our our hope of transparency is sharing sometimes those goals and those sexy results make people literally feel bad about themselves and their business. And so I think the flip side of what we've been able to share is just is more reality and those things still sometimes happen, but how does that actually affect the company as a whole at the end of the year or quarter yeah. or whatever? I think one of the ways that I have um been you know, kind of like stayed nice and profitable and also held myself back is by not hiring earlier. So until the beginning of 2019, it was just me and my virtual assistant. And then we had like the podcast editing team. And I had at that point started hiring a copywriter for like a sales page, right? The one program of mine that brings in the most money. I was like, yeah. What do you think would have helped though? What do I think would have helped? You know, I'm not really sure if it would have helped then or if it's just that it's helping now, but like actually being able to be in more places, like having, we're now doing YouTube, we're doing, we still have the podcast. We have like more people working on lead generation for the funnels, not more people. It's just one more person. 
but um, but also managing a multitude of programs. So no longer just having like one thing mm-hmm. that's on autopilot and the other thing is kind of launched. No, we're going like all evergreen on both programs. And then I'm going to add a higher, uh, not actually a higher touch, but a much higher price point program next year. And I would not be able to do that without like, bringing in mm-hmm. uh, other coaches sure. okay. for so, my okay. programs. Sure. Sorry to interrupt, but I just, I have to go back for a second because I do not think you're giving yourself enough credit. First of all, I know the idea was that we dive into profit, but I just don't think Claire even realizes the kind of growth she's seeing in her business. And I think it's because the online world has painted this picture that is completely false. Everyone is convinced if their business doesn't double or quadruple or whatever, that they're somehow failing. And that is just baloney, 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 baloney. Like how many years did Amazon lose money intentionally before they were profitable? And if you were to compare what you're doing to if you had a job in the quote real world, like I saw an ad the other day, literally yesterday for a job that I don't know, I guess started at a decently, a decent hourly rate for someone without an education in a specific area. Cool. And then they project, they said like, here's what your income will be after one year, two years and three years. They went ahead and put that in there. It was a 5% increase. The average inflation is at least 3% a year. You, my friend, had from one year to the next, a 20% increase in personal salary. Mm. That's true. The majority oh, of people- from the year prior, wait, I didn't, I don't even know what I paid myself uh, that before that 170,000 year, it was like 80,000 before taxes. It was bad, you know? But that's not bad. The, that's, no, 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 you're right. You're right. It's not bad. It's not bad. But for like, for me and for what I wanted, it was not sure, where I- Sure. But like to go from 80 to 100 to 120 or 130 or whatever, like you are giving yourself a salary increase of 20% a year or more. That is literally unheard of. That is true. You are not wrong. Thank you, Abigail. Another thing that will also maybe help put into perspective for for you or for people listening, Abby brought this up so she can provide the actual numbers because I'm definitely not going to remember them. We go through waves, obviously, just like everyone else, of doubt about what the fuck are we doing? Why are we even doing this? Nothing is working. Everything is working. We're so good. We suck. Like everything, right? And so we were in one of those, like our eye specifically was in one of those down moments of like, burn everything to the ground. I hate it all. None of it's working. Why aren't we making more money? What is wrong with us? All of it. And so she went to this, like, I don't know if it's leadership thing or whatever, but it's where you were talking about the local businesses in our area and how expensive it is to run like an input, like a bar or a restaurant or whatever, obviously completely different industries. But like, how much money were they making per year? You were just trying to give me kudos of like, we are a Kansas City business making this much money. And this is what other businesses are doing. No, so it wasn't, it wasn't a Kansas City business. It was like, um, so gosh, what is it called? It's on Hulu. It's like a, it's like a small mm, America something. Oh gosh, you guys, it's not Shark Tank. It's not the profit. Essentially, you go, they go into this small town and instead of working with one business, they work with a lot of businesses on Main Street to try to revitalize the small town. 
nonetheless, they were talking about this business who had been in business a hundred years and they were making like 270,000 a year. Wow. After being in business a hundred years. That baffles baffles me. And like they employ a lot of people in the town and like, like it, like, and then the bar down the street. If you're like 270000 for like the take home is one thing. But no, if you're like, that's the revenue and then they employ a lot of people, it's like, oh no. Yeah. I might like, my stomach hurts. Well, and for then that. like the bar down the street was making 400000 and the bridal shop was making two hundred and fifty, And I was like, Emily. And their expenses are out the eyeballs. And so I'm sitting here like, yeah. Because they have physical locations and products that they're delivering. Insurance to and employees and tax. Like, like it's insane. So it was a little dose of reality. So my point being, I think sometimes we don't just take a minute to do the math on our own success and like what we truly have been able to build and the luxury that we, the jobs that we've created for ourselves, literally like the industries that we are carving out ourselves is amazing to me. I love it. I'm so proud of us all. <laughs> no, well, I don't know. It's uh, my husband and I, my husband is from Argentina. And uh, when we met, we were both living there and he had a consulting company, still has a consulting company. So we talk about this often about like how, look where we've, look how far we've come. I mean, especially beginning of 2018, uh, I think I was paying myself $2,000 a month. And like he and I were having these hard conversations, your face, Abigail. (laughs) So we were having these hard conversations about like, you know, whether or not I was going to go back to doing client work. And I did. And that was very smart. You know, so I then had the money from client work that I could then turn around and experiment on launches or ads. You know, it wasn't all of my revenue. So now like, yeah, we, we certainly talk about that a lot, but I don't know. It doesn't serve me to compare myself to a business on Main Street because I don't feel like I can sell what I have. I, I, I guess I fear that this will all come to an end. We are all not going to be as young and beautiful but like, <laughs> someday. <laughs> well, I think it, my beauty doesn't sell our shit, luckily. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But I, I do. I do agree with you. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I do agree with you that... Uh, that what the industry we're in, our businesses are far less sellable than perhaps oh, a yeah. business on Main Street might be. Right. But that doesn't mean they're going to walk away with a ton of money. I would, I'm kind of in the mindset, make as much as fast as I can so I can retire early and chalk it away. Mm-hmm. And invest in other things and make money in different yeah, ways. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. like it's going to be okay, Claire. It'll be fine. <laughs> So I want to I want to wrap it up by by hearing from you what what your plans for 2020 are revolving around you know making more money and and making pay, paying yourself 20% more next year. Yeah. Um so my plan is to do the one thing I've been avoiding for many many years which is joint webinars. Ooh. Yeah, like one a month. I mean, we have we have evergreen funnels and so I also want to ramp up just the traffic that are going to those. And that's why we're doing some sort of more long-term things. Like you put a video on YouTube that ranks well, and that can drive traffic for a long time. I'm not depending on it because it's still pretty new, but we will be definitely Mm -hmm. doing that. But then for the immediate, like 
I just want to make sure we have consistent revenue coming in instead of doing big launches to my audience. What has been missing is me getting in front of other people's audiences consistently. So that's really the only plan. And it feels really good to be very focused. Right. Yeah. We've been slowly getting to more focus. (laughs) taken a minute. I mean, but. I say that and just like if you could see my Slack or my like <laughs> meetings with uh my OBM, it's kind of she's like, you just said last week that this was not a priority and now you're like angry that it's not done yet. So I have to really check myself and my focus. And now you're putting it on my number one. Now you're angry it's not done yet. I've never done that before. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, I want you to give one more plug um, about your podcast because it's truly, truly golden. And I think all of our nosy ass listeners will really, really appreciate it. So tell people where they can go listen to it and hang out more with you online. Yeah. So just open up your uh, podcast app right now, whatever you're listening to this incredible show on and search Get Paid Claire. That's going to be the easiest way. You can start with the episode with the ladies from Boss Project. It was a really fantastic episode. And yeah, just like choose your own adventure in there. We basically just get like really specific about numbers or sometimes it's about strategies. I love the episodes where I'm just like, and then what do you do? And then what? Yeah. And how many people on your list at that point? And then what? Yeah, I love it. Claire, ask all the nosy questions that you guys want to know. So go give it a listen. Um, Where else are you at? You're showing up on YouTube, you said? Instagram? YouTube, Instagram. Only Facebook ads on Facebook. I mean, because it just doesn't make sense to spend time there. But uh, yeah, come hang out. Come uh, ping me on, DM me on Instagram. I'm at Claire Pels there, which is also my domain name, ClairePels.com. Love it. Claire, thank you so much for being on the show. It was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. 